lights. It's seven Friday night. Welcome back to another episode of Seven Friday Night. I'm Sports Stars Magazine editor Chase Bryson, and I'm once again joined by my co-host, high school football enthusiast and a man not afraid to hit on 17, Mr. Ben Enos. Ben, how did Nor- NorCal Football's Week 3 treat you? It was a good week. Got a chance to see some quality football out at San Ramon Valley High School. Um, but I think overall, across the entire um region all of northern california we saw some upset wins we saw some things we didn't expect we saw some things we did expect um but i think things are beginning to round into shape and we're getting a clearer picture of who is good who's not terribly good and who may be surprising it was good that i was out uh roaming the sidelines because you you know Chose to take another week off the sidelines. And I don't know what to tell the, the listeners at this point, but uh, except to say that uh, I don't know if I've ever hit on 17, but I'm sure you did. Yes, yes. I took the opportunity to go to Vegas. Uh, one kind of a, a fantasy football league I've been in for a long time. Uh, has a, the owner there that now has a home in Vegas. And it was a destination draft for the first time ever, and I couldn't pass it up. I kept NorCal football as a part of it, though, and I made sure to get uh, a few NorCal standouts on my fantasy football teams this week, including uh, Joe Mixon and Najee Harris. So I, I still had NorCal football in my heart uh, while in Vegas, and I did not hit on 17, though. So, you know, if you, get, if you get all hearts, that's good. <laughs> yes. Or so I'm, I'm just happy with all red. So All red. There you go. <laughs> So you saw Saramon Valley last week. That's that's a team that is uh, slowly climbing our NorCal top twenty. I think they're up to uh, number eight this week, and they have another big game this week too, which we'll talk about later. Uh, but let's let's run a a quick fill the gap segment here, and I'll give you a sentence, and we'll go. The most impressive thing about Saramon Valley was most impressive thing about Saramon Valley was its defense. Bottom line, they had some big plays offensively. But anytime you get eight sacks in a game as a defensive unit and five come from one dude, Tyler Hoffman, that is impressive. We focused our weekend coverage on Tanner Salisbury, who is back from modern day after a year away from San Ramon Valley. Uh, And, you know, this is what week that was week three for us um, in terms of covering games. I don't know. You know, we've seen Folsom. I don't know that there's more of an electric, more electric guy on a field that I have seen so far this year than Tanner Salisbury because he did it on both sides of the ball. I will say, too, that what makes it even more impressive uh, having a defensive outing like that is the fact that right from the very beginning, it was very apparent that the hype about Matt White from uh, Bishop O'Dowd is very real. He is very good. Um, when you talk about electricity, he's got it. So I'm interested to see where O'Dowd goes from here because they are a very good team, also with a, a good defense. You know, last if last year was about their offense becoming more multiple and doing lots of things under head coach Dave Perry, I think don't sleep on that defense because the, the numbers don't show it if you look at the box score right away. But I thought uh, Coach Kenyon Branscombe's uh, unit played very well in a loss. So, you know, good, two good high school football teams uh, off the top, but San Ramon Valley's defense is uh, the most impressive thing right now. And we'll see where the Wolves go from here. That, I mean, kind of takes us to this week, which is a a week full of big matchups yet again. We'll get to our picks a bit later, but just, just an overview of this week. We, you know, this week also, this week includes, the Honor Bowls NorCal weekend, which is being hosted by Liberty of Brentwood this week or um, this this year, um, and that that'll have that'll include four games. The one game on Friday night will be Campolindo uh, versus Liberty, uh, not the original matchup there. They both had opponents drop out, so now they're playing each other. And then Saturday's got three games. You have Clovis East and Heritage. 
uh, Pleasant Valley and Menlo Atherton. And then uh, Liberty Bakersfield taking on Clayton Valley. So good matchups there. The Honorables always something that we've covered quite a bit in the past, uh, not only because of its matchups, but because of the idea behind the event. You know, obviously, it's all about honoring the military, honoring veterans, and that certainly has a uh, even bigger meaning this year uh, because this is, you know, this will be the 20th anniversary of 9-11 and it's, uh, this was an event, uh, Mark, you know, Coach Mark Soto, who's been the organizer of the, this event, was uh, inspired to start this through from the events of 9-11. So it was something that was born out of that, and now it's the 20th anniversary. It's definitely uh, something that will be on everybody's minds, even if you're not at the Honor Bowl this weekend. Yeah, you know, you bring up uh, an important anniversary in our nation's history, 20 years since uh, – the attacks on 9-11, and we have, you'll hear later in the podcast this week that we had a chance to sit down with Jesuit head coach Marlon Blanton, as well as coach Terry Edson, as always, and we asked both of them what it was like to uh, coach or not coach, as the case may be with one of them, that week, Uh, but (laughs) we've dated ourselves in many references that we've made along the way. With this podcast, I will date myself. I was a senior in high school that year, uh, and I will never forget walking into first period English class and watching television uh, to see what was going on. You were uh, joining the high school football coverage ranks that year. What do you remember about covering football uh, the week of September 11th, 2001? Yeah, I remember it was a, a wild uh, week, obviously. If I'm not mistaken, the events of 9-11 happened on a Tuesday, and then I and then there were two days in between before um, before high school football happened. I know a lot. I remember specifically, you know, obviously a lot of professional sports halted for a good week, but high school football didn't. Uh, we we were following, you know, it was that, that Wednesday and Thursday we were trying to find out what you know what if those team you know schools were going to continue to play. And pretty much everyone did that I can remember. I, I remember I went to, I was assigned to go to Liberty High School in Brentwood, which is kind of crazy considering they're the ones who are hosting uh, the Honorable this year. It's kind of uh, unique. But I covered Livermore at Liberty. Games at Liberty are always, you know, have always been very festive. It's a very cool environment to go to. And you know, back then it was still the only school in Brentwood. Uh, you know, because Heritage hadn't opened yet. So it was the, it was the one school town essentially. And it was, uh, there were a lot of people out there. I remember a lot of flags. I remember um, at that time, coach Mark Stance stood at midfield. Uh, Both teams walked to the 50 yard line, walked to midfield and coach Mark Stance, he may have had a microphone. I don't know if he needed it. Uh, He was, he always had a very loud, um, a very demonstrative voice, but he spoke briefly to the crowd about how, you know, a lot of people wondered if these games were going to be played and that he was proud to say that they were going to continue to uh, go on with, with life and not let those who incited the attacks um, halt what makes America great. And what part of that is community and in part of that is, and part of community is high school football. And it was a short, but a very touching, touching speech. And then they played the game. I don't remember. I should have looked up the score. I'm pretty sure Liberty won that night. But I do remember it just having a different feel to everything. Um, but being glad that I was able to cover something because, you know, I, my life was moving on as normal and I could focus on something, which was good. A quick uh, search on the Google machine shows that uh, Liberty did defeat Livermore 21 to 7 that night. I also see that uh, El Cerrito played St. Mary's that week on a Saturday. Um, Not being involved with that, I don't know what happened with that game, although I do see that the uh, Gauchos lost. So, um, yeah, it's been an interesting it's been an interesting week for us to kind of sit back and reflect on uh, that anniversary, what it meant both in a high school football context, but also in our, our own lives, um, and get to pick the brains of a, a couple of men we, we very much respect who had different perspectives on that uh, week and what happened in the immediate aftermath. So 
you know, without uh, further ado, we will um, let you listen to one of those men. Uh, it is a big week for Marlon Blanton in the Sacramento area. It is Holy Bowl week. Uh, Jesuit uh, is taking on Christian Brothers in the annual. Uh, your research showed this is the 50th edition of the Holy Bowl between yeah. those two schools. So uh, without further ado, let's uh, listen in to Coach Blanton and see what he has to say both about the Holy Bowl and his team and uh, reflections on the week of 9-11. Well, now we'd like to welcome to the program uh, the coach of Jesuit High School, uh, Coach Marlon Blanton. He's got, uh, you know, as, as Ben mentioned in the run-up here, he, they've got a huge week uh, this week with uh, one of the biggest rivalries in Northern California. It's the 50th playing of the Holy Bowl between Jesuit and Christian Brothers of Sacramento. So uh, welcome to the program, Coach. Uh, you got your big win last week, first win of the season against Granite Bay. How'd you feel about uh, getting that first W? I thought it was tough and gritty. Uh, I, I got a lot of respect for Granite Bay. They're a very good football team. I think they play hard-nosed football. And I thought our players responded very well on a short week. Uh, we didn't have a lot of time to prepare, but during that short week, you know, they were focused. And obviously, you know, what happened on Monday, uh, it, it was not fun. <laughs> and I kind of felt like, because I coached basketball for a long period of time. So it felt like, like, like basketball, because in basketball, you go one game. If you lose, you got another game. You got another game in two days. So I kind of felt like, hey, man, that loss that we had, we got to get over that, and we got to get ready for GB uh, Granite Bay like that. So it was kind of good to have a game come up quickly versus uh, uh, dwelling on that loss for an entire week. Yeah. So we had to get ready to go in like two or three days. So that kind of it was different, but it felt good. What uh, What did you like most from, from what you saw from your guys? Our D line was phenomenal. Our D-line balled out. Our defense balled out. Our defense played very well. I mean, we gave up the big play, uh, the first play of the game. And then I want to say middle, late third quarter, we had a blown assignment. But besides that, our defense played lights out. So you got, uh, you got a win in your pocket, a little bit of momentum moving forward in the season. But uh, there's no escaping the fact that this is a big week in the greater Sacramento area. It's Holy Bowl week, which means on Saturday, Jesuit and Christian Brothers meet up at Hughes Stadium for the annual uh, tradition. If we've got our numbers right, this is the 50th installment of this rivalry game. And under your leadership, Jesuit is 8-1 and one against the Falcons. So uh, I actually used to work for a former Christian Brothers football star. He's now the AD at Sac State, the great Mark Orr. Nice. Um, yeah. Nice. So, uh, uh, simple question uh, for you on this one. What makes this such a special rivalry? And is there any increased energy among your guys and on campus this week heading into the game? Well, it's such a community feel for both schools. I think anytime you can have a big gathering that that's meaningful to, to alumni and all people involved, it's a really good, neat thing for Sacramento in general. And we look forward to it year in and year out. But besides it being bigger than any other game, Sure it is, but at the end of the day, we know it's still a football game and we still treat it like this is the best opponent that we're going to face because this is our next opponent. And so we still treat it that way. But for the for the greater community, it's an awesome deal to be a part of. I'm fortunate to have been a part of it because I had no idea about it being up in the Bay Area. You know, then once I came here, it's 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 big. How how much of it of of what it brought what it brings to both communities and both programs was lost during last year? You guys were able to play it, but I can't imagine it was close to the same, right? In the spring. Well, what was lost was simply a large crowd. Yeah. But the feeling was still there. The feeling of we're still playing CB and CB still playing Jesuit. And maybe people couldn't physically be there, but that feeling of a big game was still there. What uh, what have you kind of seen, seen on film so far? And, and what do you know about Christian Brothers this year? What do they bring to the table? Man, on film, they look really good. They look fast. They look athletic. They like to move around. They like to hit. They play spirited football. The quarterback, I think he's really tough. Obviously, the runners are really good. Uh, it's going to be fun. 
I mean, we're excited to play another good team. This is also uh, kind of an important anniversary week uh, in the country, this being the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Right. Um, you know, we talked to, to Coach Edson about it being – they were off that week. They had a bye for whatever reason. But right. while you were at St. Pat's, uh, you guys did play that week. Right. Um, what was it like to go through that experience that week with your guys and kind of have a chance to use football as an outlet um, for your guys to maybe not have to focus on what was going on with the rest of the world at that point? What a surreal moment, right, in our, in our time and in history. And if I, when I think back, to, I can still feel that, that feeling in my stomach and what it felt like during that time period. And I think in those moments, you always try to remind your players that life is precious. Enjoy the moments together with each other and make the best of those moments. And, and there's things that you can control. And there's things that we can't control. And, and in that moment, that was an uncontrollable moment, right? And at that point in time, all we could do is pray and uh, be the best that we could be and do the things that we were still allowed to do at that time, you know? So we took advantage of that. And, but that was a very difficult time for everybody. Talking about it between us, is just the high school football was really unique in that week just because it was maybe the only sport that, that played that week that kept wow. it just kind of kept on going it wow. it was that one little slice of normalcy that wow. it felt you know right that puts it in perspective I, I I didn't think of it that way but that that definitely makes sense because for me during that time period it was it was still normal <laughs> right if that makes sense I still had to go to practice yeah we still had to prep for the game but we knew it wasn't a normal time yeah. Sounds familiar these days. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yes, it does, man. Here, I got my I got my mask right here. <laughs> there it is. My door, my door's closed, so I can have it off right now. But the moment I open it, I gotta put my mask back on. Yep. Yeah. That's pretty much what we were uh we were looking to have you on for. We really appreciate you taking the time. That was awesome. I really, I really appreciate you guys allowing me to do this. I mean, I'm sure you guys probably know I'm not uh, I'm not big on this. It's not my it's not one of my areas, but I don't mind doing it at all. Uh, I wish I had the gift that Coach Edson has in this environment. He's phenomenal at this stuff. That is that's that's something. I don't know if it's a gift, but it's something. Isn't it? <laughs> Isn't it? I mean, my guy could just go on and on and on. How's he doing with it, by the way? Is he enthusiastic as ever? Yeah, he's he's doing research. We yeah. we gave him picks to make this week. He watched film. <laughs> now that I believe, <laughs> I absolutely believe that he watched. We gave him Dublin Amador. He shouldn't know anything about Dublin high school football. He he knew their he middle out names. Oh my uh, god, love it! You guys are awesome. I appreciate it, fellas. Thank Tell you. Coach Edson, I said hello, please. We will. We will. All right. Thank you, Bye. Right. Bye. Once again, we want to thank Coach Blanton for joining us on what I'm sure is a busy week for him. And we're now jumping over to a new guest. It's the second week in a row we're going to have an athlete on the program. We've invited on Jacob Porteous, senior quarterback for Casa Grande High in Petaluma. He set a North Coast section record for passing yards this past week by throwing for 647 in a win over Santa Rosa's Maria Carrillo. You set section records, you, you get on seven Friday night, right, Ben? You set records. <laughs> we make gold records. <laughs> <laughs> also also petaluma california home to the egg bowl that's true between casa and, and, and the uh, and the mystic theater ah yes the mystic so let's bring jacob on the program talk about his big night and see how things are going with the gauchos well we want to welcome in uh, to the podcast our second athlete that we've had on this year uh casa grande of petaluma quarterback jacob porteous you may have read about him uh, this weekend and some incredible numbers that he put up against Maria Carrillo of Santa Rosa. But uh, we'll get things started by welcoming uh, Jacob in. Jacob, how's it going, man? Good. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Oh, we're, we're glad you could stop by, man. So let's just let people know if you haven't read the story or, or seen anything on Twitter, 
Jacob, you threw for 647 yards and seven touchdowns in a 49-35 win over Maria Carrillo. It's a North Coast section record. You must have just been feeling it. Tell, tell us a little bit about, uh, about how, how Friday night went down for you and, and what it felt like to, to be in that kind of rhythm. Yeah, everything was clicking. Like, we didn't really go in there thinking we were going to break NCS records. We were just going to have a normal game plan, throwing the ball. And our line and our receivers were just on it 24-7. And our coaches came up with the right scheme, and then it just all came together. Did you have a did you have a feeling that that this was going to be a year where you could kind of open it up in the air because you only threw for like seven hundred something yards in the spring over yeah. four games so what kind of led to this kind of air attack or how did you kind of see that coming? Uh, well, we got a new offensive coordinator named Kevin Keenan, and he put in the air raid system and really got us moving around and fast tempo and just shredding defenses. Uh, when you throw for over 600 yards, I mean, uh, this is not something that I can comprehend as a human being. So uh, do, do you feel anything different? I mean, we, we hear all the time about the game slowing down at certain points. Is that, did that happen to you on Friday night? Um, no, it was, it was pretty much a normal game. And uh, I didn't really know about like the yardage or anything until the end of the game when my coach told me and I was, even I was surprised. How many yards did you, if you, if he had had you guess, how many yards would, did you think you might have thrown for before he told you the actual number? Maybe like 350, <laughs> It seems strange, you know, we, it's, what is it, Wednesday after a big game like that, and you guys are, are staring down another real good opponent coming in this week. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, um, what you're going to need to do to compete with Marine Catholic this week. What do you know about them? Yeah, they're, they're a good group. They've always been good. Um, I know they have a good running quarterback, and he's going to be dangerous, but I'm confident in our defense and our offensive line to give me time, pressure them, and I think we'll be good. So, um, you know, we can talk football all we want, but, I mean, what the heck do does a guy do for an encore after something like that? I mean, do you have your sights set on like 700, 800 yards? Are you going to save the mayor of Petaluma's dog from a burning building? Like, is, is that next for you in your life? Uh, I'm not sure. We'll see the ball. <laughs> well, it was, uh, we, it was incredible to uh, read about. And uh, we actually know, and I know specifically Coach Antonio from his days at Richmond High School. So you guys, uh, you got a good one there uh, heading the program. How many, how many texts did you get once people started, once it got out that it was an NCS record? I got a lot. I got a lot before the NCS record thing, just like congratulating me and stuff. Like people I haven't heard from since middle school and elementary <laughs> school and stuff. <laughs> if you weren't the big man on campus before, you're the big man on campus now, aren't you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to show, I'm going to show off my Petaluma knowledge here. Free eggs for Jacob Porteous, wherever he goes. Right on, man. We appreciate you taking the time. All right. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Good you luck this do. week against Marine Catholic. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Yep. Take care. All right, man. And now we're going to take a quick time out for a quick message from Sports Stars Magazine's podcast partner, the California Army National Guard. We understand an upside down world, but they're writing us off before we get to the starting line. A stalled generation? Who do you think is going to fix all this? We will, because our future is the future. The next greatest generation is now. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. And now, back to the show. Well, we want to thank uh, Jacob Porteous for joining us. Uh, a good gaucho, a northern gaucho nonetheless. Um, and we'll, we look forward to seeing what he and Casa Grande head coach John Antonio, an old friend of mine from Richmond High School, can do uh, this week as they take on Marin Catholic. Um, but before we get to any picks or anything like that, we want to welcome in, as always, the third member of our uh, Merry Band of Brothers, uh, Coach Terry Edson, to talk a little bit about uh, what's going on currently, his reflections on 9-11, and to uh, give us some picks that we actually gave him some uh, advance notice on this week. So he is much better prepared to offer his prognostications. Uh, so let's take a listen to Coach Edson. 
Well, we're back for uh, another week of wisdom from former Dale South coach and hopefully the next intern at TVG, Coach Terry Edson. Uh, welcome back, Coach, and, and let's just get this out of the way right off the top. How many Chicago Bears did you end up with on your fantasy team, and are you happy with how the draft turned out? That's a great question, Ben, but before I answer that, let's talk about some other Bears first, okay? <laughs> Do we have oh, no. to? Noticed, I don't know if you noticed, but... Your Bears fell flat Saturday. My Bears are back. The Bruins take it on LSU. Big win for the Pac-12. Big win for UCLA. I've been waiting, waiting, waiting. And finally, we have a squad. So we'll see what goes. That's week one. We'll see what happens. But as my fantasy draft went, uh, well, we already kept, we, it was a, it's a keeper league. So we already kept Roquan Smith, who I'm all for because I love that guy. And then we kept a Robinson, Alan Robinson, the wide receiver, which I'm not all for, but I got to keep my partner happy. And then uh, we actually uh, draft defensive players. So we, we also, for Vic, we took um, Eddie Jackson at safety, who's a good safety. So I'm fine with that. So we, we, you know, if we're gonna stay on the Bears' defensive side, I'm good with that. It's the offensive side I worry about. In one of my teams the, this year, I was I was quite pleased to pull off the All Bay Valley Athletic League backfield. I was able to get. Oh, you did. I got Mixon and I got Najee Harris. So there I, we go. I know. I was I was feeling quite good about that. I think those are the first. I mean, I've owned Mixon once before. He might have been the first person that I actually covered that I. Um, that I ended up with on the fantasy team. I'm curious to know who among the uh, among the players that you've coached against and had to try and stop as a defensive coordinator. Did you feel maybe you knew right away? Like what was what was the one where you felt most confident would probably play on Sundays? Um, that is easy. Uh, and we wanted to draft him, and somehow we were drafting fourth. And somehow he got picked right before us. And you just said it, Najee Harris. You know, a lot of times you hear about uh, players and like um, just a lot. There's hype uh, on kids about how great they are. Then I, I watch him. I'm like, yeah, he's good. But, you know, they, they're getting a little. But the first time I saw Najee Harris, I went up to uh, Antioch to, to watch him play as a junior in the playoffs against Foothill because we were going to play the winner of that game. And as I was walking, I always walked by the team to size them up. As soon as I saw him, I went, oh, my. And <laughs> I think he ripped off like an 85-yarder like early in the game. And I saw his speed, and I went, okay, this guy is the real deal. And then I got to see him up close and personal the next year in, uh, on, in Spartan Stadium on Owen Owens Field. And I knew he was going to definitely – uh, be a pro. I thought the best thing that happened to Najee, although I know he had some issues what, with it, was to go to Alabama simply because they have so many great players. I think there's a lot of hits he would have taken at other schools that, you know, he, he, he abided his time and came, you know, you know, I would start, I think, his junior year. So yeah. I think for running backs, the less hits you take in college, the better you are, you know, for a longer pro career. So I was really, I was actually happy he kind of sat on the bench for a few years. I thought that was really good for him. Well, we uh, we also have uh, on the pod this week with us Jesuit head coach Marlon Blanton, uh, yet another coach from the Terry and Ladd coaching tree. And oh. as we, we talk a little about uh, Jesuit going into this week's Holy Bowl against Christian Brothers, uh, we wanted to pick your brain on uh, Marlon, the high school athlete, as well as uh, Marlon, the now very accomplished high school football coach. He, he's great. He's, it's great to see him in education. He's born to be an educator. Great soul, great heart. Um, he also, uh, with no fault of his own, uh, brings back one of the most uh, probably dumbest decisions I've made in high school football. And that was, I think it was 88, 89, you'll have to ask him, but we were having problems with our PAT and blocking it. So like a moron, I decided to go live one time and I told everyone it's live, but we never go live on BAT just so we can block it. And um, he was playing wing and uh, 
our tight end at the time wasn't taking it very seriously and he got pushed back during the play and uh, landed on Marlin and tore his ACL and took him out for the year. And that was the last time I went live PAT in my coaching career. And uh, that was one mistake, like, why did I do that? And I always felt bad about that. Um, of course, he played at St. Mary's and he was a tough kid for us running back, um, played a little defense for us, but um, it's a great guy to have on. He's uh, um, just what I think, you know, what your sons would want for a high school coach is a guy like Marlon Blanton. Uh, one of the other things that we uh, were talking about this week uh, um, a little bit with the Honor Bowl coming up this weekend and with the 20th anniversary of 9-11 is uh, just wondering what you remember about about that week. You know, obviously everyone remembers where they were and all that stuff, but I just remember football. high school football was one of the few things that played through. I mean, all the professional sports kind of came to a stop for at least a week, a week and a half. Um, high school football kind of played with, uh, two days later, um, and it was a very emotional uh, thing. And I know I looked up in the records, it doesn't look like you guys played that weekend. Do you remember anything kind of about that week? Yeah, and uh, you just, uh, you know, it's tough when, uh, you know, to play sports during national tragedies like that. But in another sense, you can also use those tragedies to educate the young men and women that you're coaching, you know, during that time period and kind of talk about that and just talk things out with them and discuss with them how they're feeling, what they're, what's going on. Bob and Justin are really good about doing that. They don't, you know, when there's something happens like that, they don't just, you know, act like um, the football coach, they're educators and they always work through situations that occur during uh, the kids uh, season like that. I, I know that, you know, as a school, we, we did memorials and we did prayer services and, I just remember being in my house, my sister-in-law called us and said, turn on CNN, you know, that one of the, the tower just went, you know, it just got hit by a plane. And then when I saw the second one get hit, I knew it was, um, you know, something was amiss. It was, I didn't know for sure it was terrorist, but I knew something was up. It was done on purpose. And we were just turning my wife and saying, uh, the world will never be the same from this point on. You know, what a sad day, right? But um you know, sometimes we can use sports to kind of use them as a tool and a remembrance. And uh, I know myself, if that kind of thing happened, what I would say, you know, to me, this is just me speaking. So I'm not getting on a political rant or anything like that. Just for myself, I, I would just be say like, no, keep playing. Don't let them win. You know, don't let them get our spirits down in our country. And I would say, by all means, if I was in that building that and I happen, that would be my wish. Like, no, keep it going. So. I mean, I always believed in that, you know, let's, um, when it comes to things like that, political terrorism, it's like, you can't give in. Well, uh, we'll, we'll finish on a, on a, um, well, uplifting, if you choose to look at it that way, note, um, I referenced your TVG aspirations earlier and last week we threw you some picks off the cuff. So this time we gave you a little bit of time to handicap, read the form. That's your correct. Figure out who to pick. I'm ready this week. I'm ready to go 3 and out. All right. All right. Well, the, the first one is in our backyard here. It's the home of the Walnut Festival. It's Battle of the Creek Week. Northgate <laughs> is going to try and navigate the road work on Ignacia Valley Road, hang a left on Broadway, and park the bus at Crosstown Rival Las Lomas. What do you say about the Knights and the Broncos? Well, I, I, Doug Longero's got, you know, he's got some good athletes over there at Las Lomas. So I know they, we go passing with them every summer. So um, I just think he might, you know, he, he lost to a good Rancho Cotati team and that was a, uh, that's a tough team. So I, I, I'm not ready to uh, call it for Northgate just yet. So I'm sticking with Doug and the Knights right now. And besides, Little known fact, my wife worked at Las Lomas for two years when she got out of college as an English teacher. So we're gonna stick with the Knights, okay? All right. Uh, so we got one, we got you on the board for, for Las Lomas. How about uh, an old foe of, of you guys at De La Salle Palma of Salinas is, uh, is traveling to everybody's darling this week, Aptos. 
who yeah the i so i looked this game up and i didn't know uh i don't know if you guys even remember this coach randy blankenship he used to coach nevada union back in their heyday and he's one of the masters of uh the wing T is over at Aptos. This is year 43. Something else you don't know. Those guys have played some barn burners the last four years. And I mean, like 43, 38, 40, 35. Hey, you put 49 on Kyle Macy and shut him out. I can't go against you. I'm going, although Palma, once again, another gritty team, but I don't know. It seems like this is Aptos's year. Have you, as a defensive coordinator, ever had a, a game where your unit had eight takeaways? I know we've had six picks in one game. Um, eight, that's, I know, that's a lot. <laughs> eight take, that's, they got eight. Another defense got turnovers. I didn't know they got yeah, eight. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. they seem like they have a good defense, and they, I think they think they have something special. This is a league game, too. This is going to be a big game. Well, well, we'll wrap it up in the Tri-Valley. Two squads off to good starts. Um, and it's a battle of the two EBAL divisions now, I guess. Amador Valley and Danny Jones are taking a 2-0 record up 680 as they take on a Dublin squad that has only allowed a total of 12 points in building its own 2-0 record. Dons versus the Gales. Well, I, I tell you what, uh, I'm going to do a show my age reference here, okay? But... The, uh, the Gales have this player named TJ Costello, middle linebacker, tight end. I watched a little bit of highlights of going, that looks like Norm Boulash over there from the old, from the old Colts there. That guy, uh, man, he is just a rumbling ball of butcher knives, we like to say. That guy is, he's aggressive. He, said he's a good looking little player well he doesn't not little because it looks like he's pretty good size i can't tell on film but the what amador is going to have to amador has got a pretty good running game that's why i'm mentioning that because it's going to be i think um tj is going to play a huge role in this game stopping their run the the dublin quarterback um i think it's armandaris i think it is is uh he throws the ball on the run really well. He's, he's really shifty in the pocket. So they're going to have to keep him. When he gets outside, that's when he's the most dangerous because he throws the ball really, really well on the run. So uh, I think it's an upset because Amador has been, you know, has really been solid for so many years. And Dublin has had their moments. But they, uh, I think Dublin at home takes, uh, takes down Amador in this game. He's calling for the Gales. All right. Yeah, I'm going for the Gales on this one. In my limited knowledge of what I've seen on film, I'm going with the Gills. But I, I think you're, uh, Ben hit it. They're going to play decent defense. And Amador is going to have to stop my my boy TJ there. Because when he gets that ball, I'm telling you, guys, guys bounce off him like rubber balls. It's hilarious. <laughs> uh, we'll see what happens. But those are good games, though. Those are going to be a good yeah. game. Yeah, I thought so. Well, thanks, uh, thanks as always for stopping by. We appreciate it. No problem, boys. All right. I guess it's picks time. Uh, thanks again to Coach Edson for coming on. And I, he's clearly set the bar. He's watching film now, Ben. We're in trouble. I've watched a little film over these last couple of weeks. Well, you know what you don't have to do? Or you know what the reason is you wouldn't have to watch film? When you actually go to games. <laughs> go to a game. All right. So with that, let's uh, see what you learned from your copious internet research this week. Uh, I will set up the games we're gonna pick. We will pick from a group of games that, said, that starts with uh, Valley Christian at Pittsburgh, number seven at number four, number eight, San Ramon Valley, and number 13, Central Catholic, which we have already referenced. That's a Thursday game this week. Uh, the Holy Bowl is on the board, number 12, Jesuit of Carmichael at Christian Brothers of Sacramento. That's actually a neutral site game at Hughes Stadium although Christian Brothers is the home team this year. Number 14, St. Mary Stockton, uh, who we can't seem to get a hold on, uh, of, is traveling to the City by the Bay to take on St. Ignatius. Uh, number 15, Bellarmine is, of San Jose is heading up the freeway to take on number 16, San Leandro at Burrell Field. Bishop O'Dowd and El Cerrito, a good 
off the uh, rankings game, but two teams that are knocking on the door. And then uh, Vintage of Napa is heading to Sonoma County to take on Cardinal Newman. So with those as our games to choose from, you have the first tee this week. What you got? All right. Well, I never feel great about picking the game I'm planning to attend, but I'm willing to face the music if I'm wrong this week. And I'm taking Pittsburgh to hang on in what should be a very close game at Pirate Stadium against Valley Christian. Uh, junior wideout Jurian Dickey has been the best athlete on the field in both the Valley Christian's wins so far this season, but I feel like he'll have some equals this week dressed in black and orange. So, uh, and I, you know, Pitt was also behind the eight ball, uh, having to face to take on an experienced Folsom team uh, for their opener last week. So, I don't know. I think I think we see the Pirates bounce back and be who we think they are this week. I'm taking I'm taking Pittsburgh. Fair. How about you? Fair choice. Uh, all right, I'm going to get it rolling, uh, and I'm going to acknowledge right off the bat that last week was quite rough. Neither of us did very well, uh, but this week's going to this week's going to be better. Um, I'm going to start with our guest this week, Coach Blanton, and the one and one Marauders heading to Hughes Stadium to take on a two and zero Christian Brothers squad. Uh, I'm prepared to toss Jesuits opener against Folsom right out the window and focus uh, solely on a really nice win over Granite Bay on the road last week. Uh, a couple of sen- seniors were standouts in the backfield for Jesuit. Garrett McGriff went for 104 yards and a touchdown. Kai Santos, 52 yards and a score. Uh, and on the other side, you've got to contend with Mr. Do-Everything DJ Crowther, who uh, you read about in our preseason coverage. Uh, I am going to go ahead, though, and say Jesuit has the good momentum after last week, and I'm going to take the Marauders. All right. You can uh, take the first swing at round two. All right. Uh, Thursday night football. No, we are not talking Buccaneers Cowboys. We are going to Modesto, where I actually went to visit my grandmother last week. Uh, San Ramon Valley is heading to the Central Valley Thursday night, Central Catholic and Modesto. Okay. I know we picked against Central Catholic last week and they made us look foolish. But man, did I like what I saw at San Ramon Valley. I've already referenced Tanner Salisbury and his electricity on both sides of the ball. Uh, I will also mention the explosiveness of Zadarian Nardi out of the backfield because they have a fantastic offensive line anchored by our pal, Jackson Brown. And Nardi really looked good, very explosive uh, last Friday night. They're going to have to contend with another standout senior duo in the backfield, Julian Lopez and Aiden Taylor. But I am taking the Wolves on the road this week to improve to 2-0. and Oh, and that's – I'm going to uh, – I don't know which one of these is my lock. Get back to me on that. Um, <laughs> who you got for your second I'll pick? give you my lock, and I also am, am going to roll with the Marauders of Jesuit in the Holy Bowl. Uh, it's a very good matchup, and they say you got to throw out all the records and rivalry games like this, but it's hard to go against the numbers, man. I- and they got a lot of experience. You know, he talked up his defensive line, and I think that I think that that, that defensive line is going to give the Falcons quarterback Jake Ellardoy and star running back DJ Crowther some fits. So, I am going to uh, going to roll with Jesuit, but in the end, uh, the tailgaters will probably be the biggest winners of that game. They get some they get some good grub out in the parking lot at U Stadium. So I'm told. Love a good tailgate. For my last pick. Uh, this week, I'm, I'm going to go with another bounce back candidate and I'm going to say, give me the dragons. And even though they're going up against what looks to be a very talented defense at El Cerrito, uh, you watched it out hang with the, with another very talented defense for almost a half, a little more than that. So I, I think they can handle it. I think they're, you know, just like Pittsburgh against Folsom, you know, O'Dowd ending up with SRV as their opener was probably not ideal. So I, I think the Dragons score first this week, and I think they ride the momentum to a much-needed win considering that they, they face St. Mary Stockton the following week on the schedule. So they got to get that W now. I think they can do it. It's a good matchup for them, but, I mean, it's a good matchup overall. I, I think they can win it. Can't believe you don't have any gaucho pride. Can't believe <laughs> it. Shocking. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I'm going to go a little smaller in school size to round this thing out. Uh, Cardinal Newman is hosting Vintage after shutting down the team that I was so high on the first two weeks, Vacaville, for a 2013 20-13 win uh, last week. Now, they held San Leandro to 20 points in week one, 
I think we both think quite highly of San Leandro. Uh, and then they shut down Vacaville to the tune of 13 points. Uh, according to Max Preps, they've got six sacks, one interception, and two fumbles recovered in three weeks. So pretty good numbers there. Vintage, I know, is a team you were high on coming into the year, but they only put up six points at home against El Cerrito last week against a very good El Cerrito defense, albeit. And that's the unit that I think is going to keep El Cerrito in that game this week against O'Dowd, for what it's worth. Uh, but I am going to take in the blood feud that is Sonoma County Wine Country and Napa County Wine Country. <laughs> give me Sonoma County Wine Country and give me the Cardinals. All right. So which one was which one ends up being your lock, Jesuit or the Cardinals? Uh, I'll, I'll go with Cardinal Newman. Why not? Sounds good. So now we move to the rapid fire portion of our picks. Three off the cuff answers to games that we have no idea of what, what they are. So I think you're first this week, Ben. Is that right? Sure. Um, and I'm going to be. Uh, let's pull back the curtain a little bit. I picked a game that was actually on the board. Uh, so I'm going to make this up as I go along, but so I'm going to start here with the first one, uh, that I'm very confident in because it's in the central Valley and I have done extensive experience or, uh, extensive research on this league. Kimball of Tracy is two and O with wins over Tracy and West of Tracy. They're headed to Escalon to take on a Cougs team coming into three and O D four against D six. Who you got? Wow, that's a good one. I didn't even see that one. Okay, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Escalon. Ooh, D six pride. I, I feel good about Escalon. We'll, we'll go with Escalon. Okay, uh, let's keep it going. Um, I'm going to, I, I'm actually gonna take one that was on the board because I really like this game, and I this is a team that we just can't quit. St. Mary Stockton go, <laughs> going to St. Ignatius. Now, you might, you know, I referenced the city by the bay earlier. St. Ignatius is not the school by the bay. It's the school by the ocean, baby. All the way across San Francisco. St. Mary's, St. Ignatius. Who you got? I'm going to go St. Mary's Stockton. Wow, you can't quit them. I can't. <laughs> they got to bounce back. Wow. I, this is definitely the – St. Ignatius has looked good in, two, in their first two wins but they haven't faced a team of St. Mary's caliber yet. So it, it, all more power to more power to the Wildcats. If they, if they, if they win this game. Okay. All right. One last game. Uh, I'm going to go back to the region that I keep talking about for whatever reason. <laughs> um, and this is an intersectional battle. Uh, CCS heading out to the SJS Archbishop Mitty coming off of a 35, 34 win over Mountain View heading to Oakdale taking on an always tough Oakdale squad. Mitty and Oakdale, who you got? Ooh, give me the Mustangs at the Corral. Always. Always take the, the Mustangs at the Corral. Yeah. Good win for Mitty last week, though. That was a good win for Mitty. Good, good bounce back, for sure. All right, what do you got? Come on, bring it on. Uh, all right, so let's start out with with uh, with a team that everyone is saying is, is on the rise and has yet to prove it, and they'll have a chance this week. De Anza at McClymonds. The Mighty Dons heading to Oakland. Uh, give me the Mac house. That is a I, tough place to go in and get a win. And hey, if Deanza wins, then uh, I, I feel about them like I did Pittsburgh last week. They're in for a heck of a year. They're officially they the on Mac the map house. if they win that Absolutely. game. Absolutely. Yes. And, and do something special. So yeah, give me Mac. All right. Now, now I'm going to go with a team that uh, you were so disappointed you couldn't pick last week. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, what are your, what are your thoughts on the Vacaville Bulldogs at Granite Bay? I feel like we've had both these teams on the board uh, over the last couple of weeks. Um, I'm going to stick with Vacaville, uh, bounce back candidate here, and maybe Cardinal Newman's just that good. All right, and uh, I'm I'm kind of being easy on you this week. I'm giving you a team you've already seen, uh, but I like this matchup, uh, especially since uh, especially since Freedom dropped 44 on San Leandro last week in a loss. So what are your thoughts on Cal of Ceremon at Freedom of Oakley? This is actually, this would be, I. it's tougher for me because it's in Oakley. If mm -hmm. this was in San Ramon, I think this would be a slam dunk for me. Uh, I really like Cal. I think they're a well-rounded team. So I'm going to take the Grizzlies on the road. 
but yeah, that's a tough. Uh, I'm I'm not super confident in that. Pick. It's hard to it's hard to make out what freedom is so far. They've yeah, kind of been. They've had two very different two very different games in their in their first two matchups. So, all right, those all are winners. Out. Write them down. Winners. <laughs> all right, let's wrap this thing up then, so we can get ready to go watch some games. So that that concludes another episode of Seven Friday Night, and we want to thank Coach Marlon Blanton and Costa Grande quarterback Jacob Porteous for joining us as well as coach Terry Edson for once again coming on the program the show is now on several platforms including Spotify Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts Breaker Pocket Cast, and Radio Public and we ask that if you listen to shows on one of those platforms and you search for seven Friday night number seven Friday night and you listen there please rate and subscribe uh, we build seven Friday night using Anchor you can leave a voice message for us by visiting anchor.fm slash the number seven Friday night. Each of our episodes also get their own dedicated page on Sports Stars Magazine's web home, sportsstarsmag.com. You can stream the episode there, find links to the various other platforms, and check out a variety of bonus items that we tend to include as well. Uh, cover art was designed by me using a photo of by the late, uh, late great Norbert Vondergroben. Uh, our theme music was written and performed by Dustin Phillips who plays in multiple bands in the Sacramento area. And hopefully we can have him on soon to tell you about some of the shows he's uh, going to be playing soon. That's about it. Uh, final thoughts, Ben. You know, happy to be able to get a chance to get back out and watch a little bit more football and learn a little bit more about some teams that we maybe have questions uh, still remaining about. There are a lot of teams out there that either have exceeded expectations or have underperformed so far in a small sample size. So we continue to build that picture and uh, roll on through the football season. Absolutely. It's, it's an early prove it week for, for several teams. So that, those are always exciting to see how they play out. And uh, we will look forward to uh, seeing how it goes and break it all down again next week. So we will see you next week. Until then, enjoy the games. Let's roll, boys. <laughs> <laughs>